from Egypt. He watched as the doctor listened through his stethoscope to Daisy's chest and back, and examined her throat, holding her tongue down with what appeared to be, and was, as Engel confirmed later, a silver apostle's spoon. He heard with relief the words of the doctor as he turned to Engel and said, It's nothing of importance, nothing to worry about. A touch of cold, only natural in this frigid weather, and prescribed a cough tincture, and a few days rest. That was when Engel offered him coffee, and he rubbed his hands together like a boy, and Morgan knew they'd be safe with him. They left the room, and Morgan waited for a moment before coming out from behind the curtain and smiling at Daisy in his own way. She giggled and raised her arms to be lifted. There are children who are only happy when their faces are buried in the neck of adults, Morgan had learned. Daisy was one of these. She gave a little sigh, like a hiccup. He put one arm beneath her bottom and held her to him as he crept across the hall, an intruder in his own home, and let himself into the scullery. From there, through a small glass vent in the wall, he could see into the kitchen. The house lent itself so completely to his need for secrecy, it seemed as though his grandfather had foreseen it all. His grandson's disfigurement and withdrawal, his shame for what he was and could not change. They were sitting together, Angle and Dr. Crane, at the table. They each had a mug of steaming coffee, freshly made, and Angle had cut some slices of fruitcake and put them on the table. She was asking him if he was married. The doctor's mouth was full of cake, but he shook his head, and she laughed and said he was a proper catch for a woman. He should look out. David walked into the kitchen and halted. He hadn't expected a visitor. He was old enough to know that visitors were not encouraged at the house. Perhaps he was old enough to know why. Sometimes David would look at Morgan with other, older eyes, and Morgan would think it was only a matter of time before he turned away and looked no more. Dr. Crane stood up and held out his hand. Morgan was proud to see David take the man's hand and introduce himself. He said that he was David, and that he had no mother or father, and that it was of no importance because Angle looked after him like a mother. And Daisy is your sister, the doctor said, not as a question, but as a statement of fact. Morgan still held Daisy in his arms. She wriggled to be put down, and he was afraid they would be discovered. But she grew calm again when David said, in his formal way, Yes, Daisy is my sister. I have other sisters and brothers. Perhaps you would like to meet them? When they left the kitchen, Morgan couldn't follow them any further without being seen. He put Daisy down, and together they were walking through the scullery when he heard what sounded like Engel and David approaching. In a panic, he swept Daisy into his arms and carried her out to the garden and down the nearest path, which led to the boathouse by the lake. It was little more than a large pond, but it had always been called the lake. When he came here as a child, before he had learned to swim and then to row, it had seemed as large as the sea. The boathouse was also modest, a shed that overhung the water, with a rowing boat housed inside. Morgan hadn't been here since the accident three years before. He put his finger to his mouth so that Daisy would know she had to keep quiet, and opened the door. The boat was covered with a tarpaulin. The stains were still on the floor. No one had cleaned them away. He hurried across, not quite sure why. Perhaps he thought they could hide beneath the tarpaulin and pretend this was a game. But Daisy hung back. She was scared. He could see that, and pale as well. How old was she? Four? She had a cough that could settle in her lungs. What was he thinking of, bringing a sick child to this damp, cold place?
Engel would be furious with him when she found out. He turned and stumbled, landing with his knees on the wooden floor. His head was near the surface of the water, which bobbed inside the boathouse, dark and scented. He struggled to rise, dipping towards the water as he did so, and the face of a monster loomed up towards him. A monster who bared white teeth and an eye that never closed. He cried out, a dreadful, gasping cry torn from the bottom of his lungs, and crawled away from the edge of the platform. The monstrous face slid back like a blade beneath a piece of skin and disappeared beneath his knees. Daisy was curled behind him on the floor, her arms round her head, shaking with fear or cold. Struggling to his feet, he scooped her up and hurried towards the house. This was the second time since the accident that he had seen his own face. The first had been in the clinic, when a nurse had left him alone in one of the bathrooms by mistake. The clinic, which specialized in cases like his, was almost entirely bare of mirrors.